a solution passed by Congress to withdraw U.S. support from the war in Yemen. He calls the resolution a dangerous attempt to weaken his constitutional authority. The president has been tweeting about the upcoming release of the Mueller Russia report on Thursday. He's using words like con job. His advisor, Kellyanne Conway, says the Democrats in Congress should accept the findings and move on. They ought to, I think, spend more time in these hearings than or more time on Capitol Hill doing the business of the people who, work, who they work for um, than trafficking in conspiracy theories that are simply laughable and unproven and won't be proved in those 400 pages either. Attorney General William Barr is expected to release a version that's redacted on Thursday. This is USA Radio News. The tradition. The suspense. The race. The Kentucky Derby is the pinnacle of horse racing. Rocket Mortgage is giving away 20 VIP trips to witness the Kentucky Derby in person. And one lucky winner will receive $250,000. Use it to purchase your dream home or pay off your mortgage. Enter today at homestretchsweepstakes.com. The fashion, the mint juleps, the parties. This is your opportunity to experience it all firsthand thanks to the Rocket Mortgage Homestretch Sweepstakes. Enter for your chance to win $250,000 and one of 20 VIP trips to the Kentucky Derby. The Rocket Mortgage Homestretch Sweepstakes. Enter today at homestretchsweepstakes.com. No purchase necessary. 21 years or older. Ends on April 7, 2019. Homestretchsweepstakes.com. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. The White House is stepping up pressure on Cuba. An official explains the administration will allow lawsuits to go forward against foreign companies that do business on properties that were seized from Americans after the island's 1959 revolution. A federal judge says he thinks the Trump administration could identify probably thousands of migrant children who were separated from their families in much less time than the one to two years being sought. In France, Hundreds of millions of dollars have been pledged to rebuild the Notre Dame Cathedral. Historian Indra Smith in London says it will be very difficult to restore the centuries-old church. This is, you know, 12th, 13th century um, architecture, beautiful devotional work. Um, those windows which depict biblical scenes in the north and south are meant to be saved so far, appear to be safe. Um, but it's going to really be days and weeks until we see uh, how much can actually be preserved. You're listening to USA Radio News. As a three-time international award-winning restaurant, Joe's New York Pizza uses only the freshest and best available ingredients. From giant slices of hand-tossed pie to calzones, strombolis, fingers and wings, Joe's serves all your favorites. Stop in for a slice at one of their two Las Vegas locations at Paradise and Harmon or South Las Vegas Boulevard, or you can check out their menu at joesnewyorkpizzalv.com. Las Vegas' finest restaurants, nightclubs, and beverage purveyors will come together for the Nevada Restaurant Association's Epicurean Affair happening May 16th from 6 to 10 p.m. at Red Rock Hotel and Casino. This gourmet event featuring savory cuisine and succulent cocktails is set poolside for an elegant and fun evening. Event proceeds support the Nevada Restaurant Association's educational and scholarship programs, including ProStart, a national high school culinary skills and restaurant management program. For ticket information, visit nvrestaurants.com. 
Wahoo's Fish Tacos has fast, fresh, and healthy made-to-order food. At Wahoo's, we encourage you to nourish yourself with food and experiences that make you feel more alive. So, ride those waves, love what you eat every day, and be authentically you. Visit one of four area Wahoo's locations. Centennial Hill Wahoos, Henderson Wahoos, Boca Park Wahoos, and Las Vegas Wahoos. Online at wahoos.com. That's wahoos.com. For a taste of Southern-style prepared meals, look no further than Roland Smoke Barbecue. From down-home country sides to fall-off-the-bone hickory smoked barbecue, Roland Smoke Barbecue prides themselves in mastering the amazing taste of Southern-style barbecue. Come into one of their two Las Vegas locations at 3185 Highland Drive or 4115 South Grand Canyon Drive. Let Roland Smoke Barbecue cater your next party or event by contacting them online at rollandsmokebarbecue.com. That's rollandsmokebarbecue.com. The thoughts and opinions expressed in the following program are those of the program's participants and do not necessarily represent those of station staff, management, and advertisers. Give me the green light, cause I'm ready to go. Get ready to kick it up a notch. If you live and breathe sports, then this is the place to get your hot takes. Welcome to Vegas Sports Hub. Vegas Sports Hub. With your host, Ian Rakelli, on KSHP AM 1400. Or stream the show live at KSHP.com. Now, turn up the volume and get ready for Vegas Sports Hub with Ian Rakelli. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Ian Rakelli, host of Vegas Sports Hub on KSHP 1400 AM. And now we've got my co-host, Ethan Gettemeyer, Hello. here in the studio. Uh, thank you for joining me. Now, we're going to get right into our quiz for today. Yes. Because my co-host, Ethan, uh, two weeks ago took a wrestling quiz, and he did not do that well on that quiz. So, when it comes to my co-host here in Ethan Gettemeyer, he wants to challenge me to a quiz to see if I will be as embarrassed as he was two weeks ago. Isn't that right, Ethan? I think you will be. I'm hoping that you will be. Because, yeah, no, you embarrassed the crap out of me. So right. now it's my turn. Yes, now it is my turn. So, so this quiz is on NHL goal horn quizzes. Yes, sir. So Shout out to Bardown on YouTube. They gave me the idea for this. Yeah, Bardown is definitely a great place for this. Now, what we're going to do is we are going to have Ethan play me 10 songs. We're going to have me play 10 songs from Ethan, and I'm going to have to guess the team that the uh, Goldhorn is from. Am I, am I right about that? You are very correct. The odds that if, I... If, we, if we're going uh, 90s references in Good Burger, you're correct Mundo. All right, so here's what we're going to do. It's going to be about a five-minute segment here. So, Ethan, we're going to have you play these 10 songs. We're going to start with song number one. And we'll see if I can get it. Ethan, go right ahead. So, in my opinion, this is probably going to be the easiest goal horn on this list. Here we go. Dallas Stars. Yes, sir. Well, well, I mean, it has, it has the name in it. Of course, exactly. I'm get that's it. that's why I told you it was going to be the easiest one on this list. All right, one for one. Let's go to question. Let's go to question number two. Uh, 
Vancouver? You are correct. That's uh, Holiday by Green Day, right? Yes, sir. All right. Hey, Green Day's awesome. Of course, that's a good <laughs> song. So two for two. Let's go to question number three. You might get this one. I'm not too sure about this. All right, play it. That's not the Golden Knights, right? No, no. That's not, that's not the Golden Knights. Okay. No, Golden Knights is Vegas Lights by Panic at the Disco. I don't know. Would you like me to play it again? Yes. I do not know. Ooh, I stumped you. That is the Colorado Avalanche. I, well, I don't watch Colorado Avalanche <laughs> hockey. Of course, well, you I might, wouldn't know that. You, you might want to start watching Colorado with the way that they're playing. Yeah, they're up 2-1 right now in the Calgary series. Exactly. Speaking of which, Mario Lemieux is right now on the TV that we're watching. And because me and him both dislike the Pittsburgh Penguins, they're down 3-1, and they're going to get swept. Thank you very much. How much time is left? I can't see. 0.8 0. 8 seconds left. Awesome. Well... Good enough. Bye-bye, Pittsburgh. And please stop t- messaging me because I know immediately whose uh, notifications going <laughs> off right now. All right, next song. You might get this. Uh, we'll see. It sounds like church music. Yes. Is it is it St. Louis? Yes, it is. Wow. Fun, fun fact, they're the only team to have an organ as their goal song. As an organ? Do they have their kidneys too? Or Probably. <laughs> All so, right, so, so that's three for four? Yes. Fun fact also about St. Louis, they tried using a normal song, but the fans hated it so much that they had to go back oh, to wow. using the organ. Well, that's interesting. So I'm three for four, which means I already have as many as Ethan did two weeks ago oh. in total. So we're going to go to question number five. Can you play that one more time? Because I think I might know. (laughs) I sure can. I think this is the only team to actually use this song. Minnesota? Yes, sir. Wow, really? That was just a shot <laughs> in the dark. I'm okay. I was, I was, I'm like I was, super I, mad that you I was actually na- got that. I was that. narrowing it down to Minnesota and San Jose. Well, San Jose doesn't use that song. Well, no. I, I well, that, well. There's a song that I thought was maybe similar to it. Okay. <clears throat> All right, question number six. I'm mad because now you're, you just beat me, and we really don't have to go on. But You know what? We're going to keep going. Question number six. Edmonton? Nope. Wait, wait, can I have a second guess? Yeah. Florida. I hate you. 
Okay, but you were wrong the first time. I'll I give was, you a half I a point. I was wrong. So I'll give no, you no, no, a half no. a point. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give myself half a point. I was wrong on that one. Wow, that's Florida. Yeah. I thought I, like an iconic team would have that song. So I had to edit this because at the end of it, you can hear the the cat, and I didn't want you to hear that. Okay, so, so I was like, "Oh no!" Okay, so four <laughs> out of six. Yes. All right, so that's not Edmonton. I'm surprised. Okay, question number seven. Is this Edmonton? Yes. Okay. This so, one's Edmonton. Okay, so this one's finally Edmonton. <laughs> yes. I knew one of them had to be the Edmonton Oilers. Oh, yeah. So, uh, five out of seven. But speaking of which, before we play that next song, Edmonton, Connor McDavid, we'll talk about that later. Yes. I'm, question, I'm excited to talk about that, actually. Right, question number eight. Come on. I feel like I know this song. Is it? I'm going to guess a Canadian team. Ottawa? Yep. Wow. <laughs> I was either thinking Ottawa or Philly. Those yeah. were the two teams I was trying to. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I am totally BSing my way for this quiz. I, I'm, I'm super impressed, actually. There's six, two more songs. All right. Six out of eight. Let's go to question nine. Please tell me this isn't Montreal. Nope. Okay, who is it? You don't know? No, I do not know. Okay. Well, it's uh, New Jersey. Wow, the New Jersey Devils. Okay. I, I actually really enjoy their, their song. I, I kind of wanted to play it and just keep it going, but I had to cut it off. I wasn't All too right. happy. <laughs> I mean, okay, so New Jersey, that was number nine. So I'm yep. six out of nine. Question number ten. This one I feel is pretty easy. Well, see, see, you say it's easy, <laughs> but me, I'm narrowing it down to two teams. What are your two teams? It's either Buffalo or Carolina. Okay. So I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Buffalo. You are correct. All right. Because if you listen to Carolina, it has the Ric Flair. That's a Carolina Hur- Hurricanes goal. Woo! Right, it has the woo in it. Shout out to Buck Flair. Also, speaking of the woo, since I already have this on here. Well, or not anymore, because actually I don't have the hot button with me anymore. Now, when we look at the Vegas, when we look at the NHL goal horn quiz, so I got seven out of ten. I did way better than yeah. you expected me to do. I'm very impressed with how well you did. Right, I did very well, and also the hot button is actually I found it again. So just let me do. Woo! Woo! But that's the Carolina Hurricanes. Well, I'm surprised by yep. that. So seven out of ten. Now. Ethan, in two weeks, I'm going to have you do a baseball quiz. Oh, man. Because Ethan intentionally had me do my least knowledgeable subject in sports. So I'm going to have him do his least knowledgeable subject, the thing he calls tennis half the time, <laughs> in baseball. Well, yeah, it's like watching paint dry, in my opinion. See, exactly. So I'm going to have fun with that quiz. I know. I'm not excited for this. I mean, I'll do it. 
You're going to do it, obviously. You're going to see how bad I am with, like, baseball, but I'll right. do it. All right, you're going to do it. Now, we're going to move on to a seri- to more serious topics. That was some lighthearted, you know, that was a lighthearted quiz to start out the show. Yay. Now, we're going to talk about the San Jose Sharks and the Vegas Golden Knights. What's going on right now? What is your thoughts on this series, Ethan? Do you think this has been a fun series so far? And what has been your favorite highlight as of right now? It's Oh, my God. All right. It's been a stressful series, to be completely honest. Uh, everyone knew that this would probably be a seven-game game series, which it's looking like it'll be. But, you know, Vegas has game four tonight, and then they go back to shark territory. So uh, San Jose is tough when they're at home. Uh, I'm completely surprised with how Vegas beat them in game two. I thought they were going to go down to well, nothing. Speaking of game two, I was at a baseball game when it was happening. They went up 3 nothing. The whole place went loud. You could have heard the ballpark. It was ecstatic. Did they have, like, the game on a screen or something? Well, no, they had updates. Like, constantly, like, second inning, 3 nothing. Everybody got up on their feet. They were celebrating. By the fourth inning, it was 3-2, and everybody went, uh, what's going on here? And I remember my entire section, three rows in front of me. There was these couple. There was this couple. They both had Golden Knights stuff on, and they had a piece in their ear. And they were listening to the hockey game while at a baseball game. Oh, yeah. See, that that proves my point. Hockey's better than baseball. Hockey's better than any sport. But granted, though, they weren't even watching the baseball game. They were watching the hockey game on their phone. Whoever watches a baseball game? Oh, sorry. Well, except except baseball diehard fans, obviously. But, I mean, if you're paying $20 to go see a baseball game, wouldn't you expect you to, you know, watch the baseball game? But anyway, that's another rant for another time. But I like this series. I think uh, yeah. it's been a very entertaining series. Ryan Reeves and Evander Kane after three and a half years finally going at it. Did you see the tweet that Evander Kane did? I did not see the tweet. Can you explain? So Evander Kane switched bodies basically with Ryan Reeves, and it showed uh, it was Ryan Reeves in a Sharks jersey, which, uh, that's gross. And it showed Evander Kane in a Knights jersey, which... If he ever got traded to Vegas, cool. But for right now, it's uh, as well. Uh, add puke emojis everywhere. Well, well, do you think that he would be a good fit for this team based on how we play? Uh, I think if we were able to keep Ryan Reeves and maybe pair Reeves and Kane, uh, whether they fight each other during practice or not uh, is another story. Uh, but I, he might be a good fit for the Knights. It, it all comes down to... To, you know what Vegas would be looking for in Evander Kane because as of right now Evander Kane is just one of those uh I'm gonna kill you guys and I'm gonna he- uh, headhunt basically and Ryan Reeves isn't gonna take that no speaking of Ryan Reeves and Evander Kane we had that fight in game three now yeah we had the thing with Kadri and DeBrusque we had Ovechkin knocking out the youngest player in the playoffs, giving him a concussion in the process. I want to ask you, do you think for a brief time period that old school hockey is back? Without a doubt. And I love it. I love old school hockey because we're getting back to the roots of, you know, it's okay to fight. And I wouldn't necessarily say they encourage it, but they're letting it go. You know, if a, if a player if players are going to start fighting, the refs are going to back up. Whereas normally, you during during the regular season, you see them jump in, 
and you know break it up after one or two punches. But now they're during the playoffs, and I think even during the finals, they'll let them go. All right. The thing about old school hockey is that all diehard hockey fans love old school hockey. Trust me, the Avalanche and Red Wings diehard fans go back to in a second. Yeah, because that was the big goalie fight, right? With uh, Patrick Waugh. Patrick and, Waugh. Uh, and you had Brendan Shanahan go after yep. him. All right, exactly. Now, when I look at old school hockey, is it? Am I happy that it is back? Absolutely. We saw four fights in Game One between the Sharks and the Golden Knights. I was ecstatic. Mm-hmm. Now, when I look, but do I think this is going to last? My answer is no. I think eventually the NHL is going to go soft again, and they're going to make more restrictions to fighting. Do you agree with me on that? Oh, I completely agree. Uh, I, in in a term, I want to put it towards the WWE because we are both wrestling fans. I would say they're going in their PG era where it's less fighting and more physical let's focus on shooting the puck well, which not, I'm a I'm a okay with right, that right cuz players are getting faster people are getting exactly. more agile their hockey IQ is getting more better over time exactly but that leads me to ask you what does that do for the enforcers well well, well the thing about enforcers is that the second they added the instigator rule a lot of the enforcers died guys like George Peros guys like DJ King Steve, uh, Sean Avery. I was all, I was gonna say uh, Steve uh, Steve Kaiser, but he's not a hockey player. He is somebody else. Now, when I look at the NHL, of course, enforcers have always been around, but the instigator rule really hampered them. Because Ethan, if you can explain to people what the instigator rule is in hockey for the audience, the instigator rule was no fighting. Well, it it was a sense of no fighting. It was. You are allowed to fight, but if you charge the player... Actually, I'll look it up for you. No, no, no I'll, I'm going to explain it to you. Then. Well, you can explain insti- it, but I'm going to look it up for right. you. The instigator rule is basically you cannot start a fight... Basically, you cannot start a fight randomly. Basically, both both uh, both hockey players have to agree to it. Right. It's not like the old days when one player said... You're okay. You're done, and he basically would grab him and start. Yeah, like crap you can't up. go up behind a player and grab his right. grab you, his you, collar right. and you start throwing you, punches. Right, you can't do what Todd Batuzzi did in 2004, <laughs> knock out Steve Moore from behind. That that's no longer a thing. Okay. Well, unless it unless it's against Sidney Crosby, then it's okay. Right, but see, the problem with the instigator rule, and the reason why I dislike it, is because what happened with Kadri in Boston. You saw the hit. Back in 10 years ago, that would have been nothing. That would have not been right. a suspension. It wouldn't have been a penalty. Nothing. Well, and you go. You have to go back, if you're going back 10 years, all the stuff that, say, uh, Brad Marchand is doing, he would be getting away with it. A lot of guys are getting away with Right, but because of the instigator rule, it's making things more of a problem for enforcers. Well, even 10 years ago, the slew foot wouldn't have been called. I mean, you would have had guys that are getting called for the, the knee-to-knee just because that's taking both players out. But if you're slew-footing, if you're cross-checking from behind, you're not going to get a call back right. then. Right, or how about taking somebody else's stick from another team? Ten years ago, people used to do that all the time. In fact, there was a clip from 15 years ago, wow, 15 years ago, where Detroit Red Wings' Chris Draper accidentally dropped his stick. Joe Sackick from Colorado grabbed it, put it into his bench, and Draper asked for it, and he broke it and then gave it to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nowadays he would have gotten a two-minute penalty. Mm-hmm. And probably a game misconduct because that's a no-no. 
Right, but that's my point. Or how about a couple weeks ago where I think it was Crosby and Gunzel. Gunzel accidentally dropped the stick. Crosby flipped it to him. Oh, that, I love that. I, I love loved seeing it, but, that. But you don't remember. He got a penalty for it. Yeah. Because he, uh, he was giving somebody uh, an equipment. Right. No, I, I think refs need to pay more attention to that kind of stuff, uh, seeing as they do need to keep an eye on the puck and all the players. But if they see a player without a stick and all of a sudden they see a perfectly good stick that was from the ice being thrown up into the air and then being caught by said player, that's not a penalty because no. that happened in Minnesota as well. Right. Uh, I think it was last season or maybe early this season. It was earlier this year. I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. So it happened in Minnesota. They weren't called. No, but, it wasn't. But because it's Pittsburgh, surprisingly, it was called. I know. Surprisingly. That's, that's very surprising. Now, we're going to get into the NHL stats because as anybody who knows me, I'm an analytical nerd. So I'm going to go for the NHL stats real quick. Mark Stone. Do you know that he is leading the NHL in goals and points right now? The whole NHL? The whole NHL. That's awesome. Six goals, eight points so far in the playoffs. Can I we, like that. Can we just talk about how Mark Stone— Do we have an applause button for that? Congratulations, Mark Stone. Of course we have an applause button here on Vegas Sports Hub. But Mark Stone has been such an improvement for the Vegas Golden Knights, not just for him, but that second line. Pacioretty has six points. Paul Stasny is second in the NHL in points right now. Did you know that the second line for Vegas is first, second, and third in points? I didn't know that, actually. That's really cool. I like that. Right, but it just shows how much of an impact Mark Stone has had on the second line. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Mark Stone has been the best, if one of the best, if not the best, next to Pacioretty in Golden Knight, for the Golden Knights. And that I, I was telling somebody earlier either yesterday or I forget when it was. I was telling him that, you know, with the addition of Mark Stone, this team is, I don't want to say unbeatable because you we've all seen that they, they are able to lose, but they're unstoppable, if that makes sense. They have a lot of momentum on their exactly. side. Now, both Mark Stone, he has been nominated for the Selkie. He's going to be nominated, yes. let's put it that way, with Crosby and Bergeron. That kind of shows how good he is as a defensive forward is that he will be nominated for the Selkie Award. And personally, I think he will get it. Oh, I have no no uh, question he will. Well, unless Crosby gets it because he's the NHL poster boy. Well, yeah, or he pays off. He's probably going to pay off Gary Bettman to win it. All right, and then with Nathan McKinnon, he has three goals on the year so far for the in the playoffs. I like that Colorado is up 2-1 right now. Even though I had Calgary going all the way, and you did too. Mm-hmm. If Colorado pulls up the upset, Avalanche, Golden Knights. That would be interesting. I wouldn't mind seeing that. I would love to see how Vegas can match up in se- in a seven-game series with right. Colorado. Right, Colorado's top line going up against Vegas's top two lines? That- oh, get out of here. That would be a great match. Oh, yeah. That- well, that would be a seven-game series without question. Oh, absolutely. And the thing about Colorado is that not they don't just have just a good first line. Ian Cole, who's with the Colorado Avalanche, is leading the entire NHL right now in plus-minus. How many How many points does he have? He has a plus-five at the moment. Nice. And speaking of which, his name is Ian Cole. Best first name in the world. Can everybody agree on that? No, I can't. I can't agree on that. 
Of course. I mean, of course. I mean, your name is Ethan, my name is Ian, and they confuse us all the time. Oh, yeah, that's why I'm Billy. Right, you're Billy and I'm Guido. Absolutely. <laughs> now, Eric Carlson, did you know that right now he is second in the NHL in assists? Which Even makes with me, the, uh, all the timeout he had? With all the timeout he's had in the playoffs, he has five assists right now. Which nice. Is, which brings up the question. We all know about the Selkie, which is the defensive forward. But is it possible that we could have an award for a defenseman that is an offensive defenseman? Is there an award for that, Ethan? Uh, I don't think there is. Because if there isn't one, I think there should be one made. For a defenseman who scores a lot of points, scores goals, and gets all that down the line. Because Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing that. I mean, after all, there's a defensive forward award awarded to the best forward who has the best defensive presence in the NHL. Mark right, Stone. Right. But there is no offensive defenseman award. That is interesting to me. Well, I th- I don't think there's one because the defensemen basically have the job of protecting and playing the blue line. So there really isn't any need for it because they are on the blue line, and when they shoot the puck, if they score, they score. Oh, right. But Ray Bork was synonymous in Boston for scoring goals. That's what he did also as a defenseman. So if they made an award, would it be the Ray Bork award? It's a possibility. Now, <clears throat> now we just saw the New York Islanders sweep the Pittsburgh Penguins. Moving on to the second round, is it a good thing that they're going to face the Washington Capitals in the second round? That'll be a fun matchup to see. Uh, you know, I, if if that's the case, you know, I I can't count out Carolina though. Carolina just beat uh, Washington well, five well, nothing yesterday. Well, you yesterday. can't count them out, but at the same time, going down from a two nothing deficit, that's going to be hard to do. They just won their first game last night, so you know they've they're obviously going to watch the tapes and uh they're going to find some flaws in Holtby's game and their and the Capitals defensive game. And so if that's the case, if they can if they can pinpoint where they need to be on the ice and where they need to shoot, Carolina can definitely come back from a two from a two game deficit. All right, but can you go into further detail about that? About how they really can come from a two nothing deficit cuz they're going to watch film and that's perfectly fine. What's their offense going to do to get them there? Well, same thing Vegas needs to do. They need dump and change. So they need to dump the puck. Oh, sorry, not dump and change. Dump and chase. Okay, dump and chase. Because dump and change is what Vegas did in the first half of the year, and they were doing horrible. Oh, yeah. Well, no, Carolina needs to dump and chase, so they need to uh, get the puck out of the offensive zone. Or defensive zone, sorry. Get it into the offensive zone. Play the puck off the back of the net, off the backboards behind the net, you know, and then have. J- they need, they need the triangle. So they need, they need the pass, shoot, and rebound. And so if if they can get a player, or two of their offensive players up in front of the net, they have say their left or right wing, shoot the puck back to the defenseman. Defense takes the shot. And it re, it re, if it ricochets, it ricochets off of another Carolina player, and that can go either anywhere past Holpe. Now, it might not work all the time, but it can definitely help them. Moving on to the goaltenders. If I told you at the beginning of this playoffs that Sergei Bobrovsky and Robin Liner were, all, were both going to lead the NHL in the playoffs in wins, goals, goals against average, and save percentage, what have you believed me? 
Uh, Bobrovsky, no, because I know that he wants out of Columbus. So I figured this would have just been his uh, I don't really care season. Uh, Robin Leonard, on the other hand, uh, it's tough to say. Robin Leonard is an up and down goalie, basically. Uh, well, well, the other thing about those two is they're both free agents at right. the end of this year, so they're going to get paid. Right. In fact, we had a conversation about this earlier. Sergey Bobrovsky, you said that they that his two teams that he could go to was. Uh, ooh, what did I say? It, it was St. Louis, Louis and Calgary. St. Louis and Calgary. I made the point that Edmonton could also be a fair point for Sergey Bobrovsky. See, and I would say Edmonton for Robin Leonard. Well, can you make the argument for that? Because Sergey Bobrovsky, yes, he will he will have to have more money. But at the same time, Edmonton, they need to spend to keep McDavid in Edmonton, which we'll get into in a little bit. Well, see, and I would I would make the argument of McDavid, and, you know, you say you want to get into it later. We'll get into it later. So I'm just going to say I have Robin Leonard going to Edmonton, and I'll leave it at that. I have, uh, oh, excuse me, Borowski going to uh, Calgary because Mike Smith is up in age. He's about, he's in his 40s. Right, but what about David Reddick? That's your starting goalie. Let let me finish really quick. Okay. All right. <laughs> so you have Bobrovsky. Who knows if he wants to stay the starter, correct? I mean, there's a possibility, yes. But what about your – if if Calgary can offer him, let's say, uh, $5 million, in, in a sense, let's say okay. they can offer him $5 million just to sit on the bench and play roughly 23 games, would he take it? Would you take it? I mean, I would take it personally, but I'm a cheap person. I would take <laughs> I would take five million regardless. Problem with Sergey Bobrovsky is he'll be the number one goaltender in this free agency class. Do you pay a goaltender five million a year to sit on the bench? Answer me that question. Yes, because you have the best one, the best goalie in free agency on your team. Now you can have what was it, Riddick? Riddick. Riddick. You can have Riddick start. And he can play. Maybe you diff, uh, divide them so they each. Play. Are you talking about doing half, kind of like what St. Louis was planning on doing before Allen went down? Yep, exactly. That's exactly what they can do. Because actually, I was going to say St. Louis would be a perfect fit for Sergey Bobrovsky. But then, what he, do you do for Jake Allen? Well, Jake Allen, he's gone because he's been so injury prone the last couple of years. You can afford to get him off your leash. And Jordan Bennington is a very solid rookie goaltender. If it was up to me, and I was St. Louis. I would sign Bobrovsky because he's the best goaltender in this free agency class. You sign him, you have Bennington, and you have them do half and half. Because to me, I think that's the best option for the St. Louis Blues. See, and I I just don't see it because then you would have to – you're going to have to start paying him. And you have top guys like – that are all me guys. We've said this in the past about St. Louis. Like O'Reilly, Perron. Exactly. Bosick. Exactly, and they're since they're all me guys, they're focused on me gets money, me gets all the money, and I'm not taking a contract. But who says Bobrovsky isn't a me guy too? Think about his attitude he's had recently in Columbus. Right, I I just I think the media is showing what they want, and we don't know what's going on behind closed doors with guys like Bobrovsky and Panarin. Panarin. I was actually just about to bring him up because we have a gentleman wager Yes. here between Ethan and I. My name is Ian Kelly, Ethan Gettemeyer, just for everybody to know. If you're we, just tuning in. Yes, we have just tuning in. 
Now, if we have a gentleman wager here, he thinks that Panarin is going to go back to Chicago. Yes. He thinks that Breadman is going to go back to Chicago with Taze and Kane. Yes. I made the argument to him that I think Panarin is going to want the most money and he's going to want to be the number one player on the team. Right, but tell and, tell everyone what team you think he's going to go to. Now, as an example, I said Arizona. As an example. But the wager was, if he goes to a small market team, I win. If he goes to Chicago, Ethan wins. There's no doubt he's going to Chicago. If you think about it, he has the most connections in Chicago with guys like uh, Patrick Kane. But how much money can he realistically get in Chicago? It all depends on what they want to offer because then you have to look at contracts and you know you have to look at how much is Taze getting, how much is Patrick Kane getting, how much is Duncan Keith getting, how much is Brent Siebert getting. Those four guys combined can make up Panarin's it's, it's, salary. Well, first off, those five, because you also oh. forgot Corey Crawford. No, no. I didn't forget Crawford because they're letting Crawford go. Right. Okay, so those four, they put up a lot of their salary cap. When it comes to Chicago Blackhawks. Right. Do you think the Blackhawks realistically can give Panarin more than $5 million a year? Because it's going to cost more than $5 million per season to get Panarin. You know, I, it all depends on what what those four are willing to give up if, if they want Panarin back. Because Patrick Kane has not been shy about saying that he wants Panarin back. Right. He, he said he, in and interviews. He had, and he had a comeback year, too. Exactly. I mean, he's nominated for the Art Ross, and he's nominated for the MVP. Yeah, so why not you know, Why not solidify that and bring Panarin back to help him win those? Because if you go back to 2015, when Panarin was still with Chicago, Chicago how many goals were they scoring combined? Well, they were in around the 60-70 range. Exactly. So why wouldn't Chicago want that again? Now, it all depends on their their general manager and if they can find a head coach. Well, you were talking about their general manager. Well, let's not forget, why did they get rid of Panarin in the first place? To give, wasn't it to give Patrick Kane more money and Jonathan Taze more money? Yes, exactly. It was to give them more money. But now they see what they need because this is the second year in a row that they are missing the playoffs. They're seeing what Columbus is doing with Panarin, with Panarin and Bobrovsky. No, not really Bobrovsky, but if we're on Panarin. Panarin, Felino, Exactly. Right, right. So on Panarin, you know, they're making the playoffs. They're the first time in franchise history. They're in the second round. Right. Congrats to them. Yes. By the way. The Panarin scored... I want to say it was two goals tonight, maybe a goal. Right, he scored the empty netter towards the end. Yeah, exactly. So he scored tonight. So why wouldn't Chicago really see that and say, hey, we want you back on our team? I just say with their salary cap issues and the fact that Panera is going to want more than five mil, I say a small market like Arizona or Florida, because you brought them up earlier, Arizona, Florida, one of those smaller markets will be able to give him the money that he wants. But they won't be able to give him the stardom that he wants. Well, when it comes to stardom, I mean, let's be honest. If you're the number one player on a team, you are the star. You brought up Arizona. Right. They're, they have their top four guys. Okay. Their top four stars. So if Panarin goes to Arizona, he would be number five. I totally disagree with you there. Why? I think if, I think if Panarin goes to Arizona, he'd be number two right behind Larson. 
No, because then you have to factor in Richard Ponick and Nicholas Yalmerson. No disrespect to Panic to to I no disrespect to those guys. Yalmerson, those guys are not bigger. They're not bigger stars than Panarin is. When it comes to Panarin, the fact that he was the last undrafted player to win Rookie of the Year. When you look at his statistics in Chicago and Columbus, he is going to be a number one, if not number two star with majority of the teams here in the NHL. I will agree with you and only... I'll agree and disagree. I'll agree by saying he might be number two, but I'm going to disagree by saying it all depends on if he can produce. Because we've seen what guys like Schmaltz and Ponick and Yalmerson and Larson can do. Now, if... If Panarin goes to a team like Arizona, if he's putting in like three three goals, maybe setting up 15 goals for the year, he's not going to be a star player. Well, no, of course not. He's going to have to do a way more in Arizona than he's having to do in Columbus because he's going to have to carry the load. And see, that's where the factor is. If because he goes I, to Chicago, he doesn't have to fact. He doesn't have to carry the load. Okay, where would he be in Chicago? What as a star, where would he be? Well, he would stay number five. He would stay number five behind behind who for? Which uh, Jonathan Tays, Patrick Kane, Duncan Keith, and Brent Seabrook. How is Keith and Seabrook a bigger star than Panarin right now? Because they've stayed in Chicago their, basically their entire career. Okay, from a marketing standpoint, when you look at those five, you look at Tays, you look at Kane, you look at Seabrook, you look at Keith, and Panarin if he is still there, if he goes there. You're looking at marketing, which three are you going to put on billboards? Which? Uh, Kane, Taze, and Panarin. Okay, well, doesn't that mean that Panarin is going to be the number three guy? Because when it comes to billboards, when it comes to promotions, normally your top three guys are who you put on there. So if Panarin is on there, like you said, wouldn't he be number three, not number five? Actually, I'm sorry, I made I made a huge mistake. <laughs> wow. Uh, no, he would he would still be number five. It wouldn't be Duncan Keith or. Uh, Brent Seabrook. It would be Alexander Gustafson, or uh, I'm surprised you hadn't said Debrinket yet. That that was the name that just left my mind that I was trying to think of, and Alex Debrinket. Okay, well if he's in Arizona, let's just be real. When it comes to marketing and promotion, because of how bad they need it, it would be Panarin, it would be Larson, and it would be Yamerson. No, scratch that. It'd be Darcy Cumper. I mean, he just got nominated for the Vesna, so it's going to be Cumper. I don't know, man. Well, I'm I'm still sticking also, to my. Also, hi. You you walked past and you didn't even say hi to me. Look, whatever. Who was it? I have no idea, but I saw it out of the corner of my eye. So, but anyway, so that was our hockey segment. When we come back here on Vegas Sports Hub, my name is Ian or Kelly. His name is Ethan Gettemeyer. Yes, sir. When we come back from our break, we are going to discuss the baseball world here on Vegas Sports Hub. When we come back, KSHP fourteen hundred AM. Best of Las Vegas winners each of the last two years. Glazed Donuts is a family business. Taste the passion and quality in each delectable handmade donut. Experience amazing fresh donuts at Glazed Donuts. Located at 6545 South Fort Apache Road on the southwest corner of Sunset. Glaze is open every day from 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. If you're interested in large orders, please call them at 702-246-2888. Follow Glaze on Facebook and Instagram where they're showing off all their delicious treats. And check them out at glazedonutslv.com. 
The man, the comedian, the legend, George Wallace, returns to Las Vegas with a new show at Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino. George Wallace has been selling out comedy clubs and concert venues all over the world for decades. And now he brings his new show, Wallace, at Westgate to Las Vegas Tuesday through Saturday at 8 o'clock. Tickets start at just 65 and can be purchased at westgateresorts.com. That's westgateresorts.com. George Wallace, great for fans of all ages. Don't miss the legendary George Wallace at the Westgate. Attention Facebook Live Show fans. Join us every Friday at 5 p.m. for our big live shopping show. You can follow us on Facebook at KSHB Vegas and get notifications when we go live or just log in every Friday at 5. The Facebook Live Show is just like the radio shopping show, but on Facebook so you can see us and interact with us live. If you can spread peanut butter on bread, then you can find us and watch us on Facebook. It's that easy. We also love to do contests and give away free stuff. Don't forget, Fridays at 5 p.m. at KSHB Vegas exclusively on Facebook. In 1974, a tiny little kitchen started selling omelets to locals and tourists in historic downtown Truckee, California. At 10 feet, 3 inches wide, and only 39 seats, guests would have to squeeze in to eat their breakfast. From little beginnings to the big time in Las Vegas, Squeeze In has been featured on Food Network and Forbes for their great food served by genuinely happy people in a super fun environment. Squeeze In has two locations in Las Vegas. Go to their website at squeezein.com for more information. As a three-time international award-winning restaurant, Joe's New York Pizza uses only the freshest and best available ingredients. From giant slices of hand-tossed pie to calzones, strombolis, fingers, and wings, Joe's serves all your favorites. Stop in for a slice at one of their two Las Vegas locations at Paradise and Harmon or South Las Vegas Boulevard, or you can check out their menu at joesnewyorkpizzalv.com. The Sports Hub presents... This day in sports history. In 1991, the St. Louis Blues became the eighth team in NHL playoff history to come back from a 3-1 deficit as they beat the Detroit Red Wings 3-2 in Game 7. In 1987, Michael Jordan became the second NBA player in history to score 3,000 points in a single season. In 1984, Oakland Athletics' Dave Kingman hit three home runs, including a grand slam in a single game. In 1980, Arthur Ashe retired from professional tennis. In 1939, Stanley Cup Final, the Boston Bruins beat the Toronto Maple Leafs 4-1 to win the Stanley Cup. In 1935, Babe Ruth participated in his first game for the Boston Braves that included a home run. This has been Sports Hub's This Day in Sports History. Welcome back to Vegas Sports Hub here on KSHP 1400 AM. I'm your host, Ian Kelly, and we got Ethan Gettemeyer here in the studio Hello. helping me out. We're going to get into baseball, which basically means I'm going to mute Ethan because he does not know anything about tennis. It was a good It was good talking to you guys. It was good talking to you. He's going to go to the parking lot and get Chick-fil-A now. Yes, I am. Now, I'm going to get into baseball. I want to talk about a story that was very intriguing to me. Now... 
Former Chicago Cubs pitcher Carlos Zambrano wants to return to MLB after not playing since 2012 with the Miami Marlins, and he is at the age of 37. You know, 37, that's a nice age, right? That's an age where you can, you know, be young, but at the same time be old as well in the, in the uh, sports world. Now, when I look at Carlos Zambrano, he's signed with an independent team called the Chicago Dogs that's based in Rosemont. Because he wants to make a comeback, and he wants to make it to MLB. Carlos Zambrano, I hate to break it to you. I know you played 11 years with the Chicago Cubs. You were a three-time All-Star with the Cubs. But, man, you are past your time now. I don't care how long you've been out of the league. Ethan, I'm going to ask you just a general sports question. Okay. If you left a sport for seven years, could you realistically come back and be as good as you are right now? No. There's absolutely no way you're gonna have, uh, you're gonna have rust. Uh, you know it's kind of like if you were to uh, play hockey, um, uh, and you try to get back on the ice after maybe like six years away, you're gonna have uh, rust on the ice. Same as in baseball, you're gonna have your swing isn't gonna be as powerful. Uh, you're not gonna have be able to field the ball as well. Right. This is a horrible comparison, but Terrell Owens in the NFL, he right. wanted to make a comeback in 2017 after not playing since 2012, and then they said, no, we're not going to let you do it. Right. Well, he is 37, so he's not going to be as fast, and he's not going to be as agile. So Right, and the argument he made in his interview was, oh, Bartolo Colon's 42 years old, and he played baseball last year. Well, Bartolo Colon, first off, he is a great player. How How long was Bartolo Colon out, though? No, he never, but he never took any time off. That was the point I was going to get to. Okay. Is that he has played since 1998 all the way to 2017. Okay? Mm-hmm. And 2018, actually, because I remembered he played for Atlanta last year. <clears throat> so, when I look at Bartolo Colon, he is a rare exception as somebody who played until their 40s. Carlos Zambrano, you've been out for six years because 2013, he was in AAA with the Philadelphia Phillies. His last MLB appearance was in 2012 with Miami. But that doesn't matter how long it has been. You're 37 years old. Your pitching, your arm is not going to be the same as it was when you were a three-time All-Star with the Chicago Cubs. It's just not going to be, I hope you state the facts. It's it's a fun thing to be an adult uh, to be an independent adult baseball league, but at the same time, I mean, it's just it's not worth it to try to make it back to MLB after being gone for around 6 years stick to MLB The Show and just play video games. Speaking of which, have you played MLB The Show? No. Well, MLB The Show 13 back when it was on the PS3, but that's about it. Okay, so me and you did the exact same thing and played MLB The Show 13. Yeah. Now, the next topic I want to talk to is a very interesting topic that happened a while back. Arizona Diamondbacks outfielder Adam Jones, he had a fan ejected after using foul language towards him at Petco Park in San Diego. The question I want to ask everybody, and I'm going to ask my co-host Ethan too, should players be allowed to eject fans from a game? It doesn't matter if it's baseball, basketball, football, or hockey. Should a player be allowed to eject a fan? Absolutely. Uh, you know, you have kids that go to the that go to events, so the fact that adults think it's necessary to use foul language. Uh, is very uncalled for. Well, the only problem with foul language is that we never know what is actually being said. 
Could it be something racist? Most likely. It probably was something that was, you know, racially motivated. But at the same time, we don't know what is being said. It wasn't like uh, a couple years ago when Washington's Devontae Smith-Pelly accused two Blackhawks fans of saying racial slurs to him in the penalty box. Now that, I understood why those fans got ejected. And they've been banned from the United Center. Right, exactly. But the problem is, is that this article didn't say that this fan got banned from Petco Park. It just said that he got, a, you know, an early ride home. Hmm. So, I mean, it, I mean, if it was that bad, like it was in the Smith-Pelly example, then he would have been banned immediately. Right. Well, again, it all comes down to, like you said, we don't know what was said, but, you know, there are kids around, so adults need to... I understand that they're going to drink, and when you're drunk, you say stupid stuff, uh, but it's still uncalled for. Right. You know, if there's kids around, it doesn't matter if if it's a baseball, you know, they're left, right, back in front of you. Watch your freaking language. Right. And also, it doesn't matter if this guy is a pro athlete and he's getting paid millions of dollars to do this. He's still a human being at the end of the day. Yeah, he doesn't have to listen to that. If he wants to kick you out, go for it. So I'm all in for players being allowed to kick out fans. Now, I don't think uh, players should be allowed to kick them out if, let's say, let's say for hockey, let's say the puck is in play. I don't think, like, players on the ice should be like, turn around and go, kick him out, he's saying this or that. Right, if it's an active play, right. But, right. If, it, but if it's, like, intermission or if it's, a, you know, when the puck stops or in baseball when, you know, when there's an out right. in between, the intermission in between. Or even when they're changing positions and, like, going to their dugouts. Right, you know, in between, right. They, they should be allowed. Right, exactly. I totally agree with you on that because I actually agree. And I say that players should be allowed to. At the end of the day, they got to be professional. They have a job to do even though they're getting paid millions of dollars to play a kid's game. At the end of the day, they're still adults. They're still professional, and they deserve that right to eject fans who are using foul language and not saying saying any words that we could use on air. We'll put it that way. Well, and – the athletes don't deserve or need to listen to their their mouths. You know, with baseball, it's kind of hard because you know when because because fans are right next to them, right? Like, and well, with the foul balls, when the players are trying to run for it and like they have to reach over the stands, you know, fans can be shouting swear words and right. racial slurs right. all do, the time. But we do have to get one thing straight here. There's a difference between trash talking somebody. And purposely using foul language to get a oh, reaction. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And trash talk is a, is still mean, but you have to understand that with trash talking, there's a sense that you can use without swearing. Right, and there's also some players in baseball who love trash talking, and they, and they eat it all up. Oh, like yeah. Joey Votto in Cincinnati. If you're trash talking him— Oh, my gosh, him, I— do You've you, seen the video of Joey Votto. Anytime someone trash talks him, he just purposely goes along with it and go, goes after them. Oh, yeah. Uh, there was a video I watched of Joey Votto. Uh, it was a game again in Philly, and he went to throw the foul ball into the stands, and he fake throws it, and he turns around and throws it to the pitcher. And I, th- I lost my mind. I right. thought that was the funniest thing ever. Right. Right. Totally. Now, one final thing as we have a couple minutes left here on Vegas Sports Hub. I want to get into a conversation that has piqued my interest. Now, there has been more runs scored so far in the 2019 season than there has been at this point in recent years. In fact, the statistic I have for you is this. 
The first place team in 2019 has scored 6.84 runs per game. So that's almost seven runs a game. The first place team in 2018 only scored 5.45 runs per game. That doesn't sound like a lot on paper. But when you think about it overall and how many games have been played, that is a huge difference. That is a run and a half. How many games have been played so far? There has been 19 games played so far. Dude, baseball goes by fast. Right, but that's my point. Like, There's nearly a run and a half difference from this year compared to recent years. So the question I have to all of the baseball fans that are listening is, is the reason this is happening, is it because the pitching has gotten worse? Or is it because the hitting has improved dramatically? Because you could make the argument that the hitting has improved, that the players are getting better, they're winding up on their pitches, they're trying to get more leveled now. Or you could make the argument that the pitching's gotten worse. We've seen certain players like Carl Edwards Jr. have an 18.1 ERA, which if you don't know, that is one of the worst ERAs you can have, considering the average is like a 2.5. So when you look at ERAs and you look at certain players, that makes the argument that pitching. But at the same time, certain players like Cody Bellinger, Mitch Haniger, David Peralta, those players bring the valid point of that hitting has vastly improved in the sports world and has improved in baseball. Now, Ethan, I'm not going to ask you this question, obviously, because you wouldn't know a single thing about this. Obviously, you think it's tennis. Try me. Oh, but, wait. Actually, please don't. You're right. All right. Please don't try me. Right. But it's just that I want to ask the people who are listening. You can go to us on Twitter, at Vegas Sports Hub, Instagram, Vegas Sports Hub, or you can go on our fa- Facebook page, Vegas Sports Hub. Now, looking at MLB as we have about a minute and a half left, when I look at certain players that have impressed me, I already talked about Mitch Haniger and Cody Bellinger who lead the league in at-bats, runs, hits, and as of right now, home runs. But when I look at certain players like Domingo Santana, who right now leads MLB in RBIs with 24 from Seattle, and or Chris Davis, the uh, he leads the entire MLB in home runs from the Oakland Athletics. I want to get to a, a point that I wanted to talk about with the Oakland Athletics. I'm proud to have them as the AAA affiliate of the Las Vegas Aviators. They're nine and one on the year right now. Nice. I mean, it's definitely a great record for them. Nine and two. I just got corrected. So they are nine and two, Las Vegas Aviators. But that's still a great job. I mean, they're a half a game ahead of Lehigh Valley for the best record in AAA. So, you know what? Good job to them. And before we get off the show tonight, I just want to give a quick shout-out to the Las Vegas Lights out there at Cashman Field. They've had a great season so far. They've actually been doing a lot well, and the fans seem to be enjoying the uh, soccer team out there. Ethan, are you a fan of uh, soccer at all? Uh, I actually have never seen a soccer game, so... I'll, I'll watch the World Cup, but I've never right. been interested in but it. But my question is, if somebody gave you a ticket, would you go to Cashman Field and watch Las Vegas Lights? Yeah, it'd be a fun experience. That would be a fun experience. And this is the wrap-up for Vegas Sports Hub. My name is Ian Raquelli. You can find me on Twitter at IanRaquelli18. And you can find my co-host, Ethan Gettemeyer. Tell them where they can find you. Uh, Instagram, uh, 24 underscore Ethan. 24 underscore Ethan. Now, when we also look at Instagram and we look at everything that's going on there, follow our, our Instagram page, Vegas Sports Hub. We will be posting things 
on a reoccurring basis. And follow our Twitter, our Facebook, and go to our website, www.vegasportshub.com. For more information, this is Vegas Sports Hub KSHP 1400. It's Brian Blessing, weekdays noon to 2 on 1400 KSHP North Las Vegas and KSHP.com. USA Radio News with Wendy King. French President Emmanuel Macron has promised that the fire 